Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week, finally, we are doing a film that I just hate so personally in my heart. 2007's The Heartbreak Kid, directed by the Ferrelli brothers and written by the Ferrelli brothers and a bunch of other people. <laughs> but it's a Ferrelli brothers project, so I feel like there's just nothing... Like, they own the project, like you can tell. Oh, they absolutely do. This is very much the humor, the tone. It's very much Ferrelli brothers, and you can feel it. And, and I mean, like, we've heard... Like, Carlos Mencia being shoehorned in because, like, every Ferrelli brothers movie has to have, like, a wacky minority character. His character is unbearable. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Remember when Carlos Mencia was like a really popular comedian with a television show? Remember yeah. that in the late 2000s? And there's people, there are still people who are living that reality, which what a world. What a world to enjoy Carlos Mencia. Like I was rewatching The Proud Family and every single time like the cartoon Carlos Mencia was around, I was just like, I hate this. Why is he here? <laughs> Why is this grating presence here? <laughs> this this awful yes, he used to have a for the children, he used to have a show called Mind of Mencia. And it turned out that there wasn't like a whole lot going on in his mind. No. Also, he told jokes, which sadly a lot of famous comedians do. But like, there were a lot of people who he stole jokes from. So you know, it's pretty bad when you're a hack and you steal jokes. Yeah. All my jokes are original. That's why I'm not famous. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So. The Heartbreak Kid is a remake of the Elaine May film that was written by Neil Simon, and which was an adaptation of A Change of Plan, which was a a short story written by Bruce J. Friedman. Um, So I really, it's weird because like it's not a fun movie to watch, but I really do like the original Heartbreak Kid, which is from 1972 and has Sybil Shepard. I mean, it's basically like a movie about a man being terrible. It's like a character study of a terrible man. And he's awful. And <laughs> so bad. And it's deliberate about like how terrible it is. Like the movie knows that he's terrible. And the movie also knows it's the story of a guy who meets a girl. They go on some dates. They never have sex, and then they get married, and they have, like, a very Jewish wedding, because this is, like, a Jewish character, and it's, like, a whole thing where it's, like... And she's, like, a... And the thing is, is that she's a sweet girl. She's just, like, kind of annoying. So they're, like, driving to Miami for their honeymoon, and, like, she sings a lot of songs. She... She she eats a double egg salad sandwich, which, to be fair, I would not go near Kyle if he ate that. But, like, Kyle eats a lot of shit that I don't like, and I just... I just don't kiss him afterwards. I just wait till he brushes his teeth or like, if I don't like the smell, I leave. It's weird that that really bothers him. Like I hate egg salad and I still didn't get it. 
I don't get it either because like if you marry someone, they are going to eat something that you don't like or something that's a lot of good food smells weird, you know, like I, yeah, like I love spicy food, but that doesn't mean it's something that you want to kiss someone after they eat, you know, like if I have kimchi, then no, my breath will not smell good, but I'm going to fucking eat kimchi. (laughs) Like, like, that's a weird, like marrying someone and being like, oh, they ate an egg sandwich. I'm like, what did fuck did you think was gonna happen like she's only gonna eat pineapple for eternity she ate an egg salad sandwich. oh she, she's 21 years old um so like she's like a baby like oh, hold on let me just like find because i want to do the correct ages because like this time when i was watching it i was just like struck by the dynamics of the ages so this is 72 and Grodin was born in 35, so 1972 minus 1935, doing math on the air. 37 years old. Got it. So, yeah, Sybil Shepard was 22 as an actress, so. So, he, and and I'm pretty sure Sybil Shepard was playing younger. She was only playing one year younger. Oh, she was? Yeah, I just looked it up. She looks older to me, like, and that's not an insult. She just, she, I figured she was like 30 or something. Yeah, well, I mean, she had just played a teenager the year before in the last picture show. And her, I mean, her whole thing was just that, like, fetishized blonde youth. Like, she was the, like, before Alice Eve, before Brooklyn Decker, there was Sybil Shepard. And it kind of sucked because she's actually really talented, but everybody was just kind of obsessed with her body. Which, I mean, we, I mean, we saw that again with, um, I mean, I wouldn't say that they're like all the same caliber of performer, but I noticed that with like Megan Fox, where it was just like, oh, she's just hot. For sure. Absolutely. And it's just like, no, she actually brought more to the table than that. And uh, so the, um, the woman that he married is played by Jeannie Berlin, who was like 14 years younger than him. Yeah, she was also uh, she was also twenty three when it was shot. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the character is supposed to be like twenty one, also. So it's just like a middle aged man, like trying to choose between two women in the beginning of their lives, basically. Yeah, and he's not (laughs) like I love him as an actor. I think he's a great actor, but like like you said, his character is awful, and he's not. There's not really like a specific charm about him that makes no. me. Understand. He's not like oh, just you know, off your feet, just like knock you off your feet, handsome or like super funny. Or, he was, like he's he so lucky. <laughs> he was so lucky to meet such a nice girl. Like it's so wild to me that he met like a really nice girl. He got to marry her. And then, okay. So his other issue with her is that when they have sex, she talks a lot. <laughs> it's like, okay, so also like going back to the singing in the car, doesn't everyone sing in the car? If you're on a road trip, like, Maybe not the whole time, but like if a song comes on, people are going to sing. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> but yeah, the other thing is that she talks during sex and it's supposed to be like, 
And he's so, he's so bothered by it. Like, he's like, why can't sex just be quiet? Like, can't we just be quiet? And so, like, so these, so these are his, like, really important reasons for why the marriage doesn't work because she's just kind of annoying. Even though they have all the same friends, everyone in his life loves her and it's not her fault. Like, it's so weird. But anyway, so the movie is essentially, like, about a man who, like, I feel like there's, like, a cultural reading of it, too, where it's, like, he's leaving his Jewishness. He's, like, going for this, like, blonde shiksa goddess. He's moving to Minnesota. And he's doing this whole thing where he's just, like, I am going to prove to your father that I am worthy. And it's just this whole, like, weird game between him and the dad. And it has so little to do with her. <laughs> oh yeah I mean it, it's like it's like Sybil Shepherd's character matters while he's on his honeymoon with Lila who he ends up leaving right because Lila apparently is annoying um and but like like you said Jordan what I like is that this movie knows that he's being unreasonable whereas I mean we'll get to it but whereas the Ferrelli brothers one is so confused about what it's trying to do the Ferrelli but, brothers one is super confused and um like my favorite thing about the 1972 Heartbreak Kid is the ending which is like he gets what he wants he gets the girl and it's and it's empty like it's completely yeah, and empty. because it's about him it's not about what these women are like it's about his own you know disconnection from his desire or just like not knowing what he actually wants i and love that and with the kids <laughs> like him talking to kids at this wedding reception oh my god he's just like saying like conservative talking points trying to make friends with everyone but it's so like half-assed that like people can tell that he's full of shit like it's like he's like embracing conservatism because it's the opposite of new york liberalism and his way of embracing it is just by being a piece of shit and then being like there's no dis there's no deceit in the cauliflower <laughs> that's that part I, <laughs> no deceit in the cauliflower <laughs> and the dad's just like what the fuck are you talking about yeah he's so i mean he he has like an obsessive personality i mean it's very much like a classic case of infatuation like he's not really trying to be in a relationship or in love he is addicted to the chase and so, you know, once he gets married to Lila, then she's a person and he doesn't like that. So now he's into Sybil Shepherd, but then she's a person and then he's just left like at the reception for his own wedding. He's talking to these kids. And what I love is this is the last line in that movie is one of the kids. He's uh, he's like, oh, how old are you? And the kid's like 10. And then the kid runs away. And then he just says to himself, I was once 10. <laughs> And then he's just like wistfully like gazing into the abyss and that's the end of the movie. And I was like, okay, that is art. Like, I hate this character, but that like... Like, Elaine May knows what she's doing. Elaine May also um, directed A New Leaf, which is another one of my favorite rom-coms, which is also about a guy who is fucking terrible. Like, she's very good at that. And, like, she knows what she's doing. And it's, like, it's a cultural commentary. It's a commentary on men not being shit. Like, it's, like, it's just so interesting. I personally, I mean, that's just my soapbox. I think that the rom-coms of the 70s are the most interesting rom-coms ever made because they're all kind of grappling with 
women getting rights and mm-hmm. then like how much dating has changed because of that. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, and with Grodin, it's like him, he's looking for some kind of like past ideal. <laughs> and that's kind of his problem. Yeah, absolutely. It's like he does not like the idea of a woman being able to be her full self. Exactly. Like, you know, that's the, the summation, but it comes out in these different ways. And so he has to fuck up a few women's lives, <laughs> but, but also both of them are going to be fine. I was so happy for Lila because like she, she gets all the money, she gets the car and it's like, she can just move on with her life and like, and like, look back on this and be like, what a fucking idiot. Anyway, I won. <laughs> Oh yeah, like I thought Lila was fun. I thought she, she was really... fun as fuck. Like even when she like funny, even when he was being an asshole, she's just like, "You're an asshole." Like, what's your deal, dude? He was so chill. Like even when she was like all sunburned and shit in the hotel, I was like, I'd rather hang out with her in the hotel while she's sunburned. She's okay. like, this is both versions of this movie because there's a lot of differences between these two, which obviously we're gonna get into, but like. In both versions, the women get sunburned, even though the guy said, hey, you should put on sunscreen. It's really hot out here. And the man is mad at them for getting sunburned. And I just do not understand this. It's like, look, it's like you're ruining my fun time, like because you're sunburned. I don't get so weird. Maybe rolling your eyes a little if someone completely ignored you and then they're hurt and you're like, okay, but, you know. I get that, but like being mad and then leaving her alone in the room. Like if, if I was on my honeymoon and like, like if she got sunburned, I would like go get food and sit in the room. I don't understand this logic where they're like, well, I guess I'll just go do the honeymoon alone. Right. Right. Because because the thing is, is that like you're with the person, like if Kyle and I went on a honeymoon, which I don't know if we'll ever afford that. And like, for example, I went to Jamaica and, you know, I always want to go because that's where my family's from. And Kyle got sunburned in Jamaica. We would just be chilling in the hotel in Jamaica. Like, it's just that's just what we're fucking doing now. (laughs) You movies, you know, maybe you put some lotion on him like you're on a honeymoon you're there to be together i mean most people on honeymoons don't even see the sights that much they just go in the hotel and like go to the, whatever beachfront they're on because they're usually they fuck and they get drunk and that's what you're supposed to do they eat a lot of food to get over their hangovers like that's what a honeymoon is it's not a fucking tourist like you're not like oh i gotta go to the museum at nine sorry babe <laughs> like, no, yeah it's so fucking weird okay so anyway so elaine may queen um Nothing bad to say about her. Living legend. Happy about the fact that she's still with us and she's wonderful. Now, for this movie, the 2007 version of The Heartbreak Kid. Um, And this is like, once again, we're in this weird thing where like, Ben Stiller, I feel like... I don't know. Like, I feel like he's afraid of a deeper commentary on, like, masculinity and his sense of self. Like, The Heartbreak Kid seems like a very, like, a movie made by scared men who don't like to reflect. Oh, absolutely. Because in this version, um, you know, the Lila character is actually, like, there's a lot of stuff about her that he doesn't know that's actually, like, big red flags. So it's not it's completely not the same. It makes it look like there's also, it's just so many shenanigans that distract from actually doing a character study. 
um, which is classic Ferelli brothers, right? Like they add all these ridiculous lies and shenanigans that don't actually add anything to the movie. It doesn't actually make it funnier. It just makes it more chaotic so that the characters don't actually have to like really have a strong perspective or view. Right. Because like, okay, so this version and this version is also so obsessed with making um, the main character a good guy, starting with him going to his ex's wedding and then like going through because Ben Stiller has to be humiliated he has to go through this whole humiliation of her being like every man that was with me before was like a terrible punk ass bitch and like I'm so glad that I met him and he's the only one and she's the only person that like my parents approved of and she's just like going she's just like going in on her wedding in a way that like no one would do no one would spend that much time talking about their ex like if you invite an ex i'm not saying there aren't people who would like that there's no one who would invite an ex out of spite but most people wouldn't if you're happy you're not going to invite them if you invite an ex then they're probably friends or they're so close with your other friends that you're just like, whatever. But this was just, I was like, okay, I mean, this is a movie and this is a Ferrelli brothers movie. So of course it's going to start with this kind of like unrealistic drama, but the like, fact unless he was a, abu- he was an abuser. I don't really see like why <laughs> all that was necessary. <laughs> like, yeah, did- like the uh-huh. bride and her dad spend time being like literally friend was roasting him too yeah, like, he was doing it like literally this is the first man that's even treated me okay and it's like what is your husband gaining from this <laughs> like, like why would you yeah exactly like if I were the husband I'd just be like what is going on did you just like marry me for like a grudge yeah like are you marrying me out of spite like what the fuck is this yeah it's so weird um but like so This movie loves to take um, ownership of his actions away from Ben Stiller. So, so instead of him just like deciding to marry this a woman randomly, what happens is is that his dad, played by his actual dad Jerry Stiller, rest in peace, King, is just like is just like, have you been crushing? pussy how much pussy have you crushed he says this so many times so much and honestly it just shows how much i love i love jerry stiller that like his character is so annoying but i love him (laughs) like how can you not want to see jerry stiller in a movie it's impossible i see him i'm automatically like i wish he was the main character in everything yes like and so it's like it's him and then there's Rob Corddry who's playing the um the stereotypically whipped guy which is weird because like whenever we do see his wife which we barely do because you know because he's talking about being whipped it means we can't see what her side of the story is that's not okay she seems like a lovely woman and I don't get what he's so angry about yeah it's such a weird like she doesn't technically do anything bad. It's like the movie just makes it a tone where it's like, oh, she checked on him. She must be controlling. Or like, oh, she's having a sip of his drink. Oh, women. And I'm like, what? Like, I just gave I just gave Kyle two books of leftist literature to read. And like, st- like sometimes you just need to do. Like, you need to check or you need to be like, hey, can you look into this? Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do this real quick? Like, it's just like... It's normal shit. It's, it's, 
I hate when movies like have things where like you would do for your bros or ask your bro to do that like if your wife does it, it's suddenly the worst thing in the world. Right, like a favor or something, and it's like, oh, she's so annoying. But then oh, if wants to use the TV. friend will be like, hey, can you steal a car for me so I can fuck this chick? And they're like, of course, bro. And I'm like, where is this disconnect? This bro has never had sex with you. <laughs> yeah, like, people will do anything for their bros. So yeah, it's a lot of stuff about like crushing pussy, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like walking and then he sees a woman get her purse stolen. And he is just like, he's just such a good guy that he has to save the person. There are always scenes like this with Ben Stiller in movies. Like he's always just like, oh, I'm just so like thoughtful I just think about women all the time and I care so much about them and like this is me like the purse thing actually pissed me off like it should be something that I that I should like should appeal to me but I'm just like dude you were just constantly just we don't need this you could just be a regular guy (laughs) yeah and I wonder like is that Ben Stiller like is he the one who's constantly suggesting like what if my character did this or do the mostly men who cast him in these just like have such a crush on him? They're like, Ben's our sweet guy. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know. I only met him once. And like in the context of which I met Ben Stiller, like I doesn't, wasn't really paying attention to Ben Stiller because I was hanging around Flink, Frank Langella and everybody knows that Frank Langella is like the old man that I've always wanted to fuck. Um, so I was talking to him and then like <laughs> Ben Stiller just kept on showing up and he just really wanted to talk to Frank Langella and was like really trying to impress him with like his like film knowledge or whatever. And I was just like, can you, and I just wanted to be like, can you go away? Like I'm trying to fuck right that now. Is hilarious. <laughs> You're like, actually, I don't care. <laughs> actually, I do not He's just like, I was funny, but I'm trying to have sex. So like I was trying, I was really trying to, I was so, I was so drunk. I had so much wine and I was just like, you know what? I've always wanted to fuck Frank Langella. Maybe I couldn't go home with him. And then I was talking to him and Frank was just like, so shocked that I even knew who he was because I was like 24 years old (laughs) talking to this 70 year old man. And I was just like, yes. Anyway, my early twenties, were I love you. This is my favorite thing. Like Frank Langella, if you're ever listening, Kyle knows how much I'm attracted to you. So like, you know, I feel like I would get a freebie just saying. Um (laughs) I would get a hall pass. Yeah, so it's like the purse, whatever, and then he like fights off the guy and he charms the woman, and it's Malene Ackerman. And she was another one of those, like, blonde women who was just, like, known for being really hot for a while. Um, and and it's funny because in the Ferrelli Brothers style of comedy, which we've talked about how we think they've ruined comedy um, for a moment, uh, these there's these blonde characters that are supposed to be really hot and that's the whole thing but then the movies always also make them like really like quote crazy like in these cartoonish ways or like just like really like they have to find a way to make them unlikable so it's like she's super hot but she like kills rabbits and puts them in their her tits you know like it's always just like what (laughs) 
<laughs> like, what if she was just a person? I, I don't get it. Yeah, what if, what if? What if she was just a person? That would be so... That would, that, I don't know. That would be too hard. <laughs> like, what if she was attractive, but you didn't have to do, like, the whole, like, ooga thing, but also, like, you didn't have to make her flaws so ridiculous. Yeah, because she, okay, so they, so they get married, and it's, like, very quick, and they, they've never had sex, which makes no sense in 2007. Like, in 1972, I would understand it, we're just coming out of the 60s, like, free love is, like, on the horizon, so it makes sense that someone would be more you know reserved then but it makes no sense here <laughs> but yeah, neither of them are really supposed to be religious and she even says you know it's not like i'm a virgin or anything she says i just know how sex can ruin relationships which like i don't understand that. <laughs> i really don't understand that logic like i was raised around and in a family where there's a lot of like the like oh wait till marriage but like i still don't understand how people can have that logic if they're not religious <laughs> like what She's like yeah. woman who's just like, if we have sex, it'll ruin everything. And I'm like, how? You'll find out if you like having sex or not. Like, what's the big It's deal? so weird. I mean, this whole movie, like the idea of marriage, like Rob Cordry says, happy wife, happy life in this. And like, I fucking love that phrase. <laughs> I know. This is just basically just like, women are impossible to please. So... All you have to do is just, like, please them and dedicate your entire life to that, and your joy doesn't matter. And it's just, like, this whole thing where it's just, like, that is what feminism is, like, women fucking the life out of you. It's a really reductive, misogynist view that's basically, like, if women aren't just, like, hot chicks that want to do whatever I want, then I don't get to do anything I want. And like, those are the only two realities is either the woman is ruining my life or she's this fantasy. And I'm like, what the fuck planet do you live on? So Yeah. And once they get married, okay. So the first red flag is kind of insane because like the problem with this movie is that there are like legitimate red flags right next to just like regular shit. And the first one is that her mom is of like a larger woman and like the she she wears her mom she's wears her mom's wedding dress and he's like oh wow like your mom's like so big so did you have to alter it he's like she's like no this is the exact size that she was when she got married and so he's just like oh no she's going to get fat oh no like the entire (laughs) changes throughout the course of our lives oh no it's like the only reason why i want to be with you is your body and your body's not even perfect i'm so mad (laughs) 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 it is it's like well god damn it why am i doing this i thought Um, i could get access to your body for eternity like it's so creepy but that's really what the the text is it's not even subtext yeah, man, it's fuck it's fucking wild. Um so so they're going to Cabo, which is in Mexico. I don't I don't know like Mexico, where, yeah. where these white people go for their things. Okay, so they're going to Cabo. And like that's when 
we start to realize that she's like racist because she's just like, well, we're going to a third world country and like <laughs> it's like all this stuff and it's and it's weird the weird thing about the Ferrelli brothers movies is that people say things and then other people cringe and then like no one challenges anything like because like if they're in the car and she says something racist he could just say that's kind of racist let me explain to you why and the thing is is here's my problem with her being racist as the big reason why she's a piece of shit in this movie because basically she's like constantly talking about like oh those giant mexican pills this mexican sun this mexican water just like she's just like here's the thing you are a white person you're married to another white person it is your job to inform her on how to other minorities like it's not like she's married to a mexican man you are white you, somebody had to tell this to you at some point you have to tell it to her and i can't say that it's a deal breaker for their relationship because you're both white you can figure it out <laughs> just i can't well also it would be like maybe believable if ben stiller seemed like he was like socially conscious or political or something and he's like i don't want to be in a relationship with someone who's like this, you know, even though I'm white. Well, because if it mattered to you, you would have talked about race before you got married. Exactly. And we're supposed to believe that somehow she is more racist than like his dad, Jerry Stiller's character, who's constantly just like, get like, fuck the chick, you know, or like his friend, Rob Codry, who like, you know, definitely sings the N word. Like, it's just like, okay, why is the line drawn here with her? Yeah, Well, it's like, it's, it's weird. This is a, a very different movie I'm about to reference, but it's my same issue there where like, I hate the hateful eight. Like I fucking hate it. It's like one of the, it's maybe the worst Tarantino ever made. Um, but the thing that drives me nuts about The Hateful Eight is that there's one woman in it <laughs> and everybody is constantly beating the shit out of her. And the movie's explanation for that is that she's racist as if everyone else in the movie isn't also racist. It's just that she talks about it more. Right, exactly. And it's also just like, and this is obviously not defending her fucked up views but it's also like if it's a woman doing it then the white guys will notice <laughs> you know like because they're already looking for reasons that she's wrong whereas with each other it's like oh that's my buddy whatever oh that's my pal the thing is is that like i'm not saying that like i mean of course i would never be with a racist person but i do think that it's weird for him to be superior about it to her and not, like, talk to her like a human being about it. And maybe this is just me and my general annoyance with white people. But it's no, like... I mean, I think it's totally valid. <laughs> it's just, like, you can talk to her about this. This can be a learning experience. Like, and this is a person that you have dedicated to, like, live your life with. Like, there are some things, like, I've never had to deal with Kyle being racist. But, like, there are some things that Kyle just straight up did not understand. And, like, there are things that I've had to explain to him. And we can just have nice conversations about it. And every offensive thing that you say, like it's some, like when you're alone with somebody that you know, and you you just like you figure it out and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I feel like yeah, absolutely. Like he could easily just be like, "Why did you say that?" Or like, "I don't," you know, he, like those kinds of comments aren't that hard to call out. No, they're not. They're not like I've been the annoying person who's like, actually, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
And there's a lot of things that I've learned because other people were like, they were like, actually, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, and like oh, yeah. And the thing is, yeah, is that like, all like no one starts like we are all learning, hopefully our whole lives. And you're going to be on both sides of it. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's just like you are her husband. So if there's anybody that's supposed to be like chill and calm and talk things yeah. out, like it's weird, like it's weird that I'm like on the racist side here, but like. I feel like if, like, somebody just, like, sat her down, she would be fine. Like, she doesn't seem hateful. She just seems stupid. Yeah, exactly. And, again, <laughs> like, if he seemed like it was just, like, he's in such a different arena of thought that he's just, like, I don't have the energy for this, maybe I would understand. You know, it's just, like, what do you do? Like, all you have is energy. You don't do anything. <laughs> right, exactly. It's, like, you're, you, like, you could easily just be, like, hey, like, why are you talking about... Mexico this way <laughs> you know like wow. what, what what yeah what angle are you coming from like maybe maybe be respectful of the place that we're at and the people who live here <laughs> yeah um, so the other thing is that like she gets seasick and so she can't explore on boats and he's very upset about that even though that's like a perfectly normal thing and then there's the sex which is essentially like a heightened version of the sex with the Lila in the first movie, except that like, <laughs> okay, so <laughs> the stuff that she says in the bedroom is really fucking funny. Like when she says, cock me, cock me. Oh, I was la- like, that was really funny to me. I was dying. Like, I the was thing definitely that- laughing at cock me. I was like, wow. And like I don't actually think that Malene Eckerman is that good of an actress. Um, like she's one of those people who like when you peeled the hot away, there wasn't really a ton there, which is why I think her best performance is actually in Twenty Seven Dresses because the whole thing is that she's just like clueless and hot, and she plays that really well. I don't I don't think that she knows how to play serious roles. So I guess what I mean is that like in comedy she works because she just. Yeah, because she'll like ham it up. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, in, in Watchmen, she's not good. Like, yeah, her roles, her roles don't really feel lived in at all. And obviously, with some of these scripts, it's like, well, how can they? It's like, but they can, you know. Like Ben Stiller's character is annoying, but he plays it well. Yeah, so there's that. Um, oh my god, she says jackhammer me, which is incredible. Truly. <laughs> and he, he's just like, oh no, all of these positions. And then he introduces missionary and she's like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, I was like, come on. Like, you know, so, but it's just so good. Missionary is. Stop. Stop it, movie. Stop, like, kiss like, his nipples and keeps calling him a little girl and stuff. Oh my god, she calls him like a little bitch. Yeah, she's like, oh, do you have a pussy? And like, it's just like, wow, this is a lot. So, and the thing is, is that like, once again, this brings the question that if you want a super like, um, testosterone dude, you're Malene Ackerman, you can get that. So, what are we even? Yeah, like, what a weird, like, I thought you were attracted to Ben Stiller. Like, what, like, I'm yeah, sorry. They, they basically have to like kill. They basically they have to like kill off the big dom energy or whatever she's really looking for. You know, yeah, they like the Frilly brothers essentially have to like kill off her character and resurrect it as a demon to make anything that she does make sense. Because I just had so much trouble believing that she's like this. <laughs> also, like she says something like weirdly racist in bed too. 
Um, she says fuck me like a black guy yes yeah and like so it's just like okay so she's supposed to be racist she has her own weird internalized misogyny and then also she's so she's told him that she's an environmental researcher and like she needs to leave town for a few months to do that and then she's going to Rotterdam and then it's revealed while they're on the honeymoon. He says something about like, Oh, we're going to be a two income household. And she's like, what are you talking about? And then she reveals that he's, she's a volunteer. Oh, he's so (laughs) mad that she's a volunteer. I'm I like, and once like the thing is, is that it's, funny that you didn't know that before you married her but two okay she's a volunteer why are you so i guess like what i didn't understand is yeah i guess i just didn't understand how they wouldn't like know enough about each other like wouldn't you know how she pays her rent (laughs) you know like what like if because finances are a big deal so like why don't you why don't you know these things? Why haven't y'all talked about this before you got married? <laughs> like, yeah, like you can easily do it. Like it's so, but also like, it's not like you're hurting for money. So if you like needed her to get a job, I'm, you could just be like, Hey, could you do some part-time work? Uh, yeah. I was confused. I didn't even remember what his job was. Did you? Oh, he, he owns, he owns a sporting goods store, which is such a funny that's such a funny movie job. That's such a funny job for him to have. Yeah, because he doesn't feel like a sports guy. But no, like yeah. that's, and like in the original movie, like the sporting goods things happen when he moves when dude moves out to Minnesota because he wants to be more like conservative and salt of the earth. It's not like <laughs> it doesn't. Right. Work it's not. Yeah, it's not just like who he is. And yeah, I mean this this version is so chaotic. Like because. Yeah, because, like, the Lila character really does have weird inconsistencies and red flags where it's like, okay. Her vagina, her kitty, and she talks about it in public, which I felt. She called her vagina kitty ring. I felt very offended because I've seen Boomerang. Have you seen Boomerang? Yes. Yes, and, like, the only person who gets to talk about their vagina at dinner is Grace Jones. Of course. Grace Jones can talk about her vagina anywhere. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Oh, and then, and then, like, so as she, as things start to, like, spiral out of control, he also finds out that the the guy who was stealing her purse was her ex-boyfriend, and he was just trying to get his money back because she took his wallet. <laughs> Which, honestly, that reveal made me like her more. I thought that was really funny. And, also, and again, it's also just, like, the Ferrelli brothers adding something that wasn't in the first version that doesn't really, it doesn't add anything except just, like, another point against her. So it's, like, trying to force us to be on Ben Stiller's side while he basically neglects his wife on the honeymoon. It's, like, they went to such lengths to be, like, obviously, this is why this man would do this. <laughs> and it's, like, that is the opposite of the point of the first version of this movie. That's the thing. Like, it's a piece of shit thing to do. You can't just decide that it's not a piece of shit thing to do because the woman is annoying. It's like, no, he, you pledged to spend your life with this annoying woman. That was a decision that you made and you have to deal with it. Like, if you don't want to spend any more time with her, then you need to end the honeymoon instead of just, like, creeping around like a fucking loser. Yeah, you need to fucking tell her. 
But instead, so he so he meets uh, Michelle uh, Moynihan, whatever her name is. She's in she's in so many. I don't know why I'm being disrespectful. She's fine. So I was like, wait, do you not like her? <laughs> she yeah. is in a lot of these movies. Yeah. She is in a lot of these movies, and I'm kind of tired of seeing her. And I also like really resent the way that she's framed in this movie because it's just like you want to be. So she. So this is the other woman, and instead of it being like a college student who's probably not old enough to drink, which is Sybil Shepherd's character. It's a grown woman who is in Cabo with her family, her very, very Southern family, including Danny McBride, because this was also the pocket of time when Danny McBride had to be in everything. And I don't say that as a, like a direct, I love Danny McBride. Like, Me too. I also think he's really And he's great in this movie, even though he's taking on the role of the dad in this movie. And I think that that's so weird. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's, like, a cousin who seems like he's in love with her. <laughs> he's a cousin that's just, like, very into, like, this is family time. Leave her alone. <laughs> and I'm like, Why oh, are you encroaching on our family time? And you know what? Good for him. I wish I had, like, a family member that cared that much about spending time with me. I was kind of jealous. <laughs> I, I liked him at first because, like, I have some cousins I'm really close to who I love, but... There was a point where he crossed some lines and I was like, King, now this is creepy. <laughs> he was, yeah. So, um, uh, what's, what's a good way to describe it? Let me make sure also that it's Moynihan. Like, I think it is. It's always just like a bunch of like, we're... I think of, it's Monahan. Monahan. There's, Mon- there's no Y in it. Michelle Monahan. Yeah. Um, so she, uh, she's just like, this kind of character that is always in this kind of movie, especially the guy rump comes where it's just like, she's so gentle and quiet and she's good with kids, but she's also kind of like cool with the bros and like very chill. She's incredibly skinny and like, doesn't really seem to do anything for that. And it's just like, she's just so it's such a male fantasy. It's like, she loves sports, but she's also maternal but yeah, like she's thin, but also she just like eats and drinks what she wants and never exercises. So you don't have to like be annoyed that she's trying. Like, it, yeah, it's just this, uh, it's just like this male fan. It's the kind of like the cool girl, but it's like a very like maternal version of the cool girl. Yeah, she's like a cool girl, but she can, but she can also be your mom. And she's always playing this character and it's not her fault. Like, it's like her face, like even in like, um, I think it's her face. It's her face. Like even in like, uh, the Mission Impossible movie, she's basically that for Tom Cruise's character for a little bit. And it's just like, like, I remember seeing like, um, like a promo for uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. And it's just like her talking to another one of the secret agents. And she's just like, how is Ethan? And like, that's her whole thing. It's just like. What about the men? <laughs> how like, are they? How are they doing? I understand their feelings. Are they dealing with their emotions well? I know that he's been dealing with a lot. And I just want to know that he's okay. And if he was shitty to me, it's fine. Because, like, he's going Like, this this kind of character. I don't want to be annoying, but, like, I'm going through some stuff, too. It's like, oh, he's free. Like, it's the kind of person that would be, like, secretly have cancer and then not tell you it's like your mother that's supposed to be like we love that like we're so glad 
so selfless that she just doesn't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> like a walk to remember character, but in a yes. movie. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Okay, I yeah. I so, loved if Mandy Moore was in this movie. <laughs> so, so it's like that kind of character. And then meanwhile, we learn more stuff about Malene Ackerman, like that she's a deviated system because septum because she used to do blow, and he's so upset. And once again, that's just the thing that I'm just like. I kind of that made me like her more (laughs) wow she's got stories all right let's hear about it and she even says she's like I don't regret it at all because that's that made me who I am today and I feel like the movie frames it as like look at how crazy she is she doesn't regret it and I'm like yeah but that's actually like a pretty mature way to look at hard times in your life like I feel like a lot of us feel that way we've done things that we know weren't great for us but we also know it brought us where we are but the movie is just so immature and reactive that it's like see she's unstable it's like she's not saying she wants to do coke again she's just saying there's no point in regretting something that already happened yeah and meanwhile he's just like intruding on this family and trying to get this woman and like already thinking about a divorce and also like (laughs) i loved the part i didn't love it i loved the reaction okay so he makes the rape joke and then the entire family is like oh my god i love the reaction too because when he the rape joke i thought that i was afraid since it's forelli brothers they'd all laugh but i loved that they called it out Like, yeah, because it's just, like, like, it's weird because, like, his wife has just been saying, like, wild shit. And then he just says a random piece of wild shit. And which also made me think, okay, well, then why can't you be more understanding of her wild shit then? Like, what? Basically, he finds out that all of Michelle Monaghan's family, like, they're all in sports. They're all coaches. And he's like, oh, I own a sporting goods store. And then he says something about, like, I love baseball. I lost my virginity. And then he makes a rape joke about, like, the teammates. And it's silent because it should be silent because it's not funny. It's not a funny thing. And then he goes, oh, I was just, no, I was just making a joke. And then one of the women is like about anal rape. And then it's silent. And I was like, okay, okay, so so someone in, oh, that's by the way, one of the people in the family. I was going to get to this. Yes, Stephanie Courtney. Yeah. I was like, uh, I honestly, Jordan, I had like a few moments where I was like, wait, no, wait, no. And then of course I had to look at like, so It was fun to see her in a movie. And like, I knew that she started as a comedic actress and then she got the, the good progressive gig. So it was like when framed that way, it wasn't surprising, but I've never really seen her in movies. So she's so good. Yeah. She's in some, she's in a few episodes of Mad Men too. And I'm always just happy to see her. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. Um, so there's another joke that goes nowhere about, I, I never did. I couldn't get the, like the specifics, Carlos Mencia, his dick, and Melina Ackerman. Like, he put oh, his I, re- I, I remember this because it's assaults that happened. So there's this weird scene where Ben Stiller comes to check on Malin while she's all, like, sunburned. And she apologizes to him, which I hate. And she's like, oh, you tried to, like, hit on me earlier after, like, you gave me food. And I was out of it, but I'll make up to it. I'll make it up to you later. And it's weird because it's like she owes him sex while she's in pain. And it was, I already didn't like it, but then it got worse because Ben Stiller's confused and he runs into Carlos Mencia's character, who's named Tito, of course. And um, Tito like is like, I got to confess something to you. And then he's like, when I brought food to your wife, I put my dick in her hand and she swatted me away. And, and his and his reasoning for this is he was like, 
well, you are just like hanging out with another woman. And so I just figure that like anything goes with this crazy guy. And it's so weird because like the joke itself doesn't work. But the assumption that like because he's misbehaving, everyone should is like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it's also like conflating cheating with assault. Like what? Like I am not standing up for Ben Stiller, but him flirting with another woman and you going to someone's room and getting out your dick are very different things. Right. Yeah. Like at least he doesn't like fuck Michelle Monaghan. That's like the one thing that he doesn't do. The problem with Ben Stiller in this movie though, like the main thing is that like where Charles Grodin was decisive so that he took ownership of all of his actions and it was clear that he was wrong the entire time. They make Ben Stiller indecisive. And that really lets him off the hook for not making any like definitive decisions. Like when Charles Grodin is like, this marriage is over, he stops sleeping with his wife and he starts making preparations immediately. Like he gets the divorce ready. He's talking about assets. Like Ben Stiller does none of that. (laughs) No. And the movie bends over backwards to make him a victim in every sense. Like it makes him seem worse. Yeah, exactly. And so like, cause, cause in the beginning of the movie, when he's at the wedding reception, he's seated at the kid's table and there's these twin boys who like are like you're gay and he's like no i'm not gay and then he wakes makes up the story about like having an ex-wife who was murdered which is crazy um and then those boys end up being at the honeymoon and somehow they are like on a trolley tour with michelle monaghan's family and they like are like that's the guy whose wife got murdered so then michelle monaghan's cousin uh, Danny McBride is like, this guy's not safe. His wife just died. This is crazy. So then he starts like targeting Ben Stiller. And I feel like the movie wants us to feel bad for Ben Stiller. Like, oh, these like homophobic children are at fault for him being targeted. And it's like, no, you made up this weird lie <laughs> and you're lying to your wife. Like, this is all your fault. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. It's really all his fault. Um, so, like, and also the movie, like, makes Malene Ackerman, like, look bad. Like, she just, like, the sunburn and everything. And, like, and when they have the breakfast where he tries to break up with her, her face is, like, all blotchy. And I'm supposed to hate her because her face doesn't look right right now. It's, like, when it heals, she's still going to be Malene Ackerman. Like, I don't understand why I'm supposed to think that it's funny that she's in pain <laughs> yeah, it's like oh this woman wasn't our version of fuckable all the time isn't that so gross and it's like exhausting <laughs> right because, like the thing is is that the original wasn't about one woman being better than another woman it had nothing to do with that it was just all about a man like chasing his own shit and like marrying people based on like his own like desires kind of like how like don draper marries betty because she looks like the american dream like that's what she looks like and so that's what he thinks that he's going to get like it's very much like a man chasing like windmills kind of thing and so it's just weird for it for this movie to be like no one woman is clearly better than the other one it's like 
No. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> like, no, that's actually not true. Like, that's not how it works. Um, so yeah, there's more humiliation. There's like a whole thing where they all end up in the water and then he gets stung by a jellyfish and then Melina Ackerman pees on him. And while she's peeing on him, and that's when everybody realizes that they're still married and that he's a liar. And, and that's like the most dramatic possible way that anyone would find out like while you're, while she's. Again, it's, like, <laughs> it's just such Ferrelli brothers bullshit. Like it's. Like, they're like, let's make an anvil fall on his foot, and then it'll reveal his wedding certificate. You know, it's just like, what? And then, like, he gets stuck in Mexico and can't come back into the United States. Why is that? I I don't know. I can figure it out. But then he has to do... I was watching it, but I was like, wait, what? Now he's, like, in the back of this truck... And right. Well, they, they do like a whole thing where like him and a bunch of like actual Mexican people are like crossing the border together. And it's a whole thing where like he learns Spanish and like. I hated this, it. This, 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 it sucks. <laughs> it's so weird and racist and also adds nothing to the story. I did like when that guy was just like, you've been ear fucking me for two weeks. So I was like, yes, guy. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and so then like he he learns spanish and then he just does this whole thing where he like goes to michelle monahan's like family home goes into her bedroom and then like tries to, and it's like a whole like like road trip because what is a friendly brothers movie without a fucking road trip a whole road trip for him to just like show up in her bedroom when she's in bed next to the guy that she's going to marry to talk to her about the relationship and then, of course, he gets caught because it's crazy. And, like, she just... Okay, and this is when, I, when I'm really annoyed with her. Because, like, I get it's a creepy situation. But then she married a guy that she very clearly did not like. <laughs> and then I'm just I like... I feel so bad for that guy. I'm like, it's just... That's why so would you I feel bad for in this movie. <laughs> it's like you're trying to teach Ben Stiller a lesson by ruining a year of this man's life. And maybe yeah. longer if he has to deal with the fact that, like, he's been wanting to marry you forever. You finally say yes, and you say yes knowing that you love someone else. And so, like, when they like when she's divorced because the end is like she's divorced and he's divorced and then they meet and then they decide to date like by that point i hate both of them because they both wasted someone's time yes exactly like we don't it's so weird how this movie focuses so much on us feeling bad for them when there's so much emotional fallout from their destruction like the original version knows it knows that this man is wasting people's time. But this movie is like, no, we care so much about Ben Stiller. Look at what he's been through. And I'm like, what about all the people he's been around? <laughs> and then all the, and then the bumper is like, he's with Eva Longoria and he's about to cheat on Eva Longoria with this white woman. And it's just like, I was so angry. I, I mean, was so mad. I, I was so angry. I was like, this is, <sighs> When are we marching about this movie? <laughs> like, I'm so mad. Where are the... <laughs> well, I'm glad you see... Well, like, you understand why I've been, like, obsessed with us doing this movie because I hate it so much. Like, this is, like... This it's, is like, a leap year. This is two hours. It's two fucking... It's so long. It's longer than the original. I'm so insulted. <laughs> 
so oh my god so like obviously my (laughs) my like my reading my suggestion to everyone is to just watch the original which you can watch in its entirety on youtube until somebody gets rid of it yeah Um, even though like there really should be like a criterion release or something there should be like an elaine may box set i'm actually gonna search for that as soon as it's over because i fucking love her she's great watch watch the original heartbreak kid watch a new leaf watch anything that she acts in because her acting she actually she acts in a new leaf and she's so funny like i i love her so much um, I mean, this is just like another example of like why female directors just need more support. <laughs> like, yes, exactly. We're telling the story in the Ferrelli brothers. It's just so night and day. Yeah. It's <laughs> I'm glad that we were able to tackle this and I'm glad that we were able to. We're like right under an hour. I really thought that... <laughs> I know. We're, we did a good job at, like, going into it, but not getting lost in the abyss. <laughs> yeah, because while well, I had, like, very specific bullet points, I was like, no, we need to talk about all of these things. So, yes. Um, have we done every Ferrelli Brothers? Like, how many? Which ones? Which Ferrelli Brothers movie have we not done? Um, let's see. So, okay, we've, we've done Hall Pass. We've done Heartbreak Kid. We've done Me, Myself, and Irene. We've done Shallow Hell. We've done There's Something About Mary. Um, We've done Fever Pitch. Wow. Yeah. So the only movies that we haven't done are... We have have not done Stuck on You. We have not done either of the Dumb and Dumber movies. Um, We haven't done Kingpin, even though, like, Kingpin is probably their best movie. Um... I'm dying at the idea of us doing Osmosis Jones. <laughs> Osmosis Jones. And we obviously can't do the Three Stooges. Um, so, yeah, then this might be our last Ferrelli Brothers movie. And that's fine because we've done, like, most of their filmography. It's we've done our time. We've done our time. We have done our time. Um, we're not going to do Green Book, <laughs> obviously. No. We're only done by one of the Ferrellis. Um, we might end up doing something that he produced, something that they produce, like we might do outside Providence, um, or say it isn't so, but otherwise we are done with the boys. So. Exactly. Thank God. Like, what a a fucking relief. (laughs) (laughs) We're done with the boys. (laughs) I, I feel a weight off of my chest. I feel, Yeah. 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 Um, so thank you, dear listeners, for traveling through the Ferelli Brothers with us. Hopefully that's our last Ferelli Brothers, but you never know. You never know when hell will strike us in our hearts and we will decide <laughs> to delve further. Um, you know, our uh, theme song is by Clutch Douglas. We love y'all. We love um, reviews and friendship. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. I'm Jordan Searles. Bye. Bye. Let's go this drug.